When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Hello everybody, welcome to our latest Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. And a slight change of personnel today, uh, myself Dave Prentice with Adam Jones, who had the, uh, the good fortune to be up at St James's Park on Wednesday night, and as I just got back from Finch Farm, listening to Sam Allardyce's press conference ahead of Monday's game, and Chris Beasley, who's been here writing about the Blues all day today, uh, myself Dave Prentice. So we're going to start with Wayne Rooney, because uh, I'm going to hold my hand up here and say, you know, right from the out, I was unsure about bringing him back. I suspected uh, it might be a vanity signing and a player who'd uh, seen his best days behind him, but not for the first time. I've been proven spectacularly wrong because <laughs> uh, he has been outstanding. And, you know, Chris, you said yourself just before we started this, he's set a bit of a milestone this year, hasn't he? Yeah, um, as well as his 100th um, Everton appearance um, up at Newcastle, that is his 10th goal of the season. That's the first time actually he's ever actually hit double figures for Everton in a, a season. I think he got nine and eight first time round when he was a teenager. Now, it would be perhaps naive to say that Rooney is a better player now at 32 than he was at that force of nature when he was 16, 17 years old. But in many ways, is he more effective? Is he more consistent? Um, he's scoring a lot more goals for the yeah. Blues than he was back then. It's funny, actually, Adam, I was doing the other live blog here in Old Hall Street on Wednesday night, you know, taking in your you know, tweets and comments mm-hmm. from the game. And certainly early doors, he couldn't put a foot right, could he? You know, so oh, two no. or three dreadful passes... Yeah, he ended up being the match winner. Yeah. I suppose you have to accept there'll be you know little lulls in his form, I suppose, but overall his influence is, mm. is significant, isn't it? I think so. At the end of the day, he's been he's been playing as a striker throughout the well his whole career as we've known him. So now he's obviously dropping back into a bit of a bit of a deeper role. He's been asking to he's asked to do a few different things, and maybe it was just feeling his way into the game. Maybe yeah. first twenty twenty. Was it tiredness? I mean, he's 32 now, isn't he? And he's played only three days previously. He certainly didn't look tired when he got when he reacted quickest to get that ball <laughs> in the back of the net. Oh, that was tremendous, wasn't it? Yeah. That was showing off his real striker's instincts. Yeah. But you know, as the game as the game went on, uh, he was he started really pulling the strings again. Yeah. And, you know, showing off why why he he's being used in that uh, in that deeper role. I think maybe it was significant that he was taken off. Yeah. With about was it well twenty minutes left. That's right. Game. Yeah, what do you think? Maybe. Saving him for when, uh, for Monday, maybe. Well, well, you'd think, you yeah. know, as as you say, with his age, he might be getting tired. Yeah. Like maybe playing in that deeper role, we can only get maybe 70, 75 minutes yeah. out of him. But when he play when he plays as well as he is, and when he's scoring as many goals as he is, that's absolutely fine. And today, of course, he was uh, given the Carling Goal of the Month award. Uh, no, no surprises there for his striking Arguably, that's not Everton's best goal. I still prefer Sigurdsson's. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a good talking point. Yeah, I mean, Sigurdsson 
was special, but it's just you don't see players score from their own half very often, do you? I mean, you know, and it's not just the fact that he scored from his own half, but it's the manner of it. It was the way he clipped it, kept mm. it low, mm. rather than the usual, you know, goals from mm. halfway line, hit it, hit it in the air and hope for the best. West Ham player tried to handball it. Exactly. Yeah. Went in. Oh, that yeah. was something else, wasn't it? <laughs> for him, at 32 years of old, 32 years of age, to say that was the best strike of a football that, I, that yeah. I've ever done, yeah. that, that tells you all you need to, to know about that goal. But going back to the one at, up at Newcastle on Wednesday night, again, that, that speed of thought, people say that you know he can't play number nine anymore, he hasn't got the legs, but it's the old adage, the first five yards are in the head, and the fact yeah. the way he anticipated that situation and got in there first against a lot of younger men. Incredible. Got ahead mm-hmm. of Lennon, didn't he? Actually, had the, uh, you know, yeah. the original header in the first place. Mm-hmm. Funny talking about his, you know, coordination and his, you know, timing and everything. I remember, oh god, pre-season tour in Austria a long, long time ago when um, when he was only a teenager, and him and Kevin McLeod used to have this like little party piece they'd do, where they'd stand in the uh, centre circle, throw a ball in the air, and try and punch it into the opposite goal. And, uh, Kevin couldn't get there. You know, you couldn't quite do it. Rooney would do it regularly. Now, you know, think about that. That takes it takes some strength in the shoulders for a start, but it takes some incredible timing to do that. Yeah. I know he fancies himself as a bit of a boxer, <laughs> but he does. He was connecting beautifully. So yeah, he's he's maybe not the force of nature as we mentioned earlier, but certainly very very influential. Does. Sam Allardyce needs to surround him with legs to get the best out of him. You know, is uh, is Tom Davis in there and Morgan Schneidlin or yeah. just a guy? You know, sort of necessary alongside him to. I think it certainly helps. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's been no surprise to see Idris Gay performing extremely well with Rooney next to him as well. Yeah. In, yeah. in at the same time, I think, yeah, Rooney Rooney can't be everywhere across the pitch. Yeah. But seemingly, Idris Gay can. Yeah. So I think he, I think he helps essentially everyone in the team, really, yeah. doesn't he? I thought it was Morgan Schneiderlin's best performance. Really, yeah, you know, this decent. season yeah. against yeah. Newcastle, thought he was much, much better composed on the ball. Did he stay on his feet it. for ninety minutes? Because he's he far too often lunges in on ridiculous challenges. He did. Yeah. I didn't notice any of that against yeah. Newcastle, which was a relief. That's reassuring because, you know, if we could recapture the Morgan Schneidlin of last season and the Ashley Williams of last season, which we're seeing a little bit more of now, you know, suddenly they're looking at an altogether more secure and more effective unit. And it's going to go on to the central defenders because, you know, Michael Keane, who's a £23 million signing, Phil Jagielka, who's the club captain, and they can't get a sniff at the moment because Mason Holgate and Ashley Williams, who are best mates apparently off the pitch, which seems a bit odd, you know, one so young and one's, you know, should we say reaching the the veteran stage of his career, uh, but a performance so well? Um, yeah, I think Ashley Williams, by all accounts, is, is almost like a different player again now on, on the Sam Allardyce. Um, he's one of those players, he came through the, the lower divisions, he's very good, you know, the, the, the basics, your bread and butter for your centre-half, head it, tackle it, and if you want him doing that, yeah. he's one of the best in the business at that. Perhaps if you're asking a bit more of him to when he, he's in possession, he's not as comfortable, but... Sam's said, you know, it's not rocket science. Get the players to do what they're good at. And um, Ashley Williams has certainly benefited from that. I noticed that actually very early on in the derby match when Everton were caught out for the only time, really, by Liverpool's high press. And it was Ashley Williams trying to take a touch and trying to control, you know, bring the ball out. And his touch was a bit heavy. And a Liverpool won possession. It came to nothing, fortunately. But, yeah, he's not a libero. He's not going to carry the ball 40 yards John Stone style and thread a forward pass but he's effective at getting in the way and he seems to be having a positive influence on Mason Holgate as well doesn't he who's mm. like looking better and better at the moment I think he has a positive influence on the whole back four like, yeah. but remember when we saw that back four against West Ham and we were thinking <laughs> we were all thinking Uh-oh. oh what's, what's happening here yeah. like a, a makeshift back four of a, a right back at left back yeah. uh, 
of out of form centre back who was Williams, a young centre back, yeah. and then a young right back. And I think Williams was always going to be crucial to that back four yeah. working. Like, and I think he's really stepped up to the plate. I think we're seeing why he's Wales captain. Yeah. I think we're seeing that in Everton for the first time, arguably. Like yeah. he's he has dominated that back line. He's got them really well drilled, and as you say, he's got back to basics. It's funny as well you mentioned himself. that back four because I mean Cuco Martina, who seems to be a you know a curator of a player, should we politely say? You know, so some people like to highlight his deficiencies, but he has had you know so a, a decent run of games at the moment. And I know you've asked Sam about um, you know whether his form has been sufficient to prevent him going into the January transfer market to bring in another left back. I think there's a fairly comprehensive answer to that one, isn't there? Yeah, well, yeah, I think, I think at, the, at the end of the day, Martina has been playing yeah. very well, but he is still a right-back at left-back. Yeah. Like, when Leighton Baines is fit, Evans still do only have one registered left-back anyway, with yeah. Garbos obviously not being registered. Yeah. So I think it's still it's still a place that will will need to be strengthened in January, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Sam's obviously talked about the squad. I think he says 32 is a huge size for the squad. And he talked about the possibility of uh, some other players, the younger players, decisions need to be taken whether they go out on loan. But he's also, every single press conference he gives, he talks about the injured players and trying to get them back as quickly as possible. One of those injured players looks like he's uh, almost there. God, I'm going to use the phrase, it could be another Yannick Monday. Uh, Yannick Balassi uh, playing for the under-23s tonight against Dynamo Zagreb. And as Sam says, if he gets through, uh, the coaches will sit down, have a discussion and decide whether he's capable of being named in the squad on Monday against Swansea, which a bit of a bombshell to be fair. I wasn't expecting that uh, right at the end of the presser, but that's got to be a, a positive, hasn't it? You know, so Balassi's yeah. strength and pace back in the squad again. He certainly offers something different than what we've, we've seen with Everton so far this season. The, obviously things have picked up the last few weeks, but the team's been accused of being one pace and lacking that... Um, bit of creativity in, in the final third so Yannick Balas is just such a bubbly character as well yeah. and he's and he's and he's needed that to come back strongly through this awful long-term injury he's had yeah. that real mental strength in fact he is such a character around the place I think just to ease him in um, gently but just having him there in, in the match day squad would give you actually something different both on and off the pitch yeah he actually tweeted a picture this afternoon which is quite funny uh, at about two o'clock in the afternoon sat at home with his football boots on and said uh, can't wait for seven o'clock tonight the wife's not happy yeah. but you know it underlines how desperate he is to get out there and play football again I think he's been showing that like I follow him on, on Instagram yeah. you know a lot of Everton fans will and he's just he, throughout his injury he's just been constantly around Finch yeah. Farm and he's been been following his updates from training over the last couple of months and he's yeah. all, he's just been so raring to get back out there hasn't he yeah. so. there was that um, even when Cumin was still here um, I remember he'd done that um, video of the training sequence when he was doing tricks and stuff and yeah. Cumin was laughing about it he said oh well, I thought he was ready to play now after watching that video yeah. but just shows you how keen he was to get back uh, you've just got to be careful though obviously you don't want to do too much too, too soon but I'm sure it'll be carefully monitored and try and get the pace right in this recovery yeah very much uh, and where does he fit in does he just slot in on the right where Aaron Lennon's been playing or is it another role for him maybe well, I think he's He's, he'll fit in on the bench initially. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think there's a place for anyone to walk straight back into the team. At the yeah. I think all of them are playing. Which is great to be able to say yeah, that. I think yeah. all of them are playing too well to really be dropped. It's yeah. Like likes, you've got the likes of Jackie Ocker and Keane yeah. sat, sat on the bench. So, yeah, I, th- I think he'd probably he would probably fit in ahead of Lennon if if he gets fit and if he 
if he plays well. Yeah, but yeah. that's not to take away from <laughs> the really good work yeah. that Aaron Lennon has been doing recently. No, he has. I mean, that's the only like options that Sam Adonis has had recently have been defensively. You know, Michael Keane and Phil Jagielka. He hasn't had the option to change things around too much further up the pitch. And that, you know, finally, you know, so there's a possibility of somebody different being introduced into the frame. Because Dominic Calvert-Lewin has been playing absolutely manfully over the last few games, but he's basically carrying it on his own because you know Umar Nias has never really you know impressed when he started a game. He's always better at coming on as a substitute. So Calvert-Lewin has basically been carrying the workload on his own and has done so tremendously, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Just to, sorry, just to, to deviate slightly there, Dave. Uh, when we talked about players coming back from yeah. from injuries and keeping their spirits up, it was just a little wrinkle from this week. Actually, um, I was over by the Trafford Centre. It's the, the Winter Wonderland. It's like an indoor fair they do every year there with families. And um, I actually heard him before I saw him. There was a whooping and hollering going on, and it was Seamus Coleman behind him. <laughs> no, um, no, he just won on the sh- on the shooting gallery. I was going to say, they're not loose on the ice, are they? No, no, nothing <laughs> like that. No, um, he'd won on the shooting gallery. He's got a little girl, a little toddler, maybe yeah. she's about eighteen months old, and he'd won a, a, a little prize on the yeah. shooting gallery. And it was it was nice in a way just to see there, there's a man who earns more in a week than most of us will earn in a year. But just the fact that he'd he'd won there that prize. Yeah. For his daughter, a sportsman, an ultimate competitor, yeah. whatever he does. So at least Seamus is um, yeah. keeping his spirits up because I mean he'll be a big one. For, I mean, arguably for, for me, possibly more more than Balassi to, to get him back fit. Well, he, he's another leader. Yeah. Um, I know we've spoken before on this podcast about uh, the influence he has in the dressing room, and uh, certainly during that you know awful run, um, you know, so towards the end of Ronald Koeman's reign and while David Unsworth was you know holding the force. Um, he was actually going into the changing rooms after games and you know, either A, turning a strip off the players or B, you know, sort of trying to encourage them. And, you know, clearly a man that, you know, is assuming responsibility, even though he's not involved, you know, which, which is great to see. And of course, that penetration he gives down the right hand side is like something that, you know, you can't really adequately replace. So, yeah, the sooner Seamus gets back, the better. I mean, on the flip side, though. He, I think he'd, he'd he'd still have hard work to get back into the team. John the way. Joe's been flying. Yeah, John yeah. Joe jo yeah. Kenny's playing brilliantly. Yeah. So I'd, 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 I wouldn't see any real need to drop him at no. the minute. Like especially with, with a back four that only it's kept three clean sheets out of the last yeah. four games in the Premier League. Like I don't know why I don't know why you'd yeah. want to be quick yeah. to change that. Yeah. Nice headache to have, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I suppose it allows, uh, you know, sort of Allardyce the opportunity to bring Seamus back bit by bit, mm. you know, rather than having to throw him in there, you know, and hope that you know, he doesn't have any setbacks or anything. Because it, it, John Joe Kenny's been great defensively, and the one thing we haven't seen in his game yet is what, you know, you always showed during his under 23 performances is great delivery from the flanks and great crossing. And, you know, maybe he's focusing on his defensive work because that's what Sam Allardyce wants. And, you know, maybe we'll see a little bit more of that, you know, sort of going forward. Mm. It'd be nice to think so, certainly. Yeah, I think as, as a youngster come, coming into the side, you, you just want to get the basics, yeah. right? Don't, you don't want to go in there and try and do too much, particularly in a team that's been struggling. But yeah. um, I'm not so sure how much um, the previous manager um, fancied him, but he's had that great run under David Unsworth when, OK, things weren't going well for the team, but yeah. um, John Joe was doing decent himself. And then as fortunes have picked up for, for the team, I mean, it, it's been great for him um, over the last uh, few weeks. We need to say a big up for David Unsworth, to be honest. I mean, apart from the great work he did, you know, actually holding the force and the points that the club won mm-hmm. you know, during his tenure, a number of uh, younger players have taken significant steps forward under his stewardship. I mean, obviously, John Joe Kenny, as you mentioned, played every single minute of every game. You know, so Unsworth was there. Benny Benningamy as well. You know, so yeah. got an introduction to you know the senior side. And 
looks capable of, you know, sort of being comfortable in there. You know, it'll only be on occasions, but I think he showed that he's, uh, you know, capable of playing yeah. in the Premier League as well. So, you know, the squad is, you know, looking quite sizable now. Mm. Yeah, I think there are options there. Well, we're going to look ahead to Monday night in Swansea, and um, Sam has actually said, you know, the one thing he doesn't want to see is complacency. And, you know, Swansea, you look at the position on the table and you immediately think, oh, yeah, all right, you know, three points, but you can't think that way, can you? Mm. Premier League's so tight nowadays. Yeah, I think it, it was good to see that there wasn't any complacency going away to Newcastle. I think yeah. the the easy the easy thing was maybe after after the Liverpool game where it was, you know, it wasn't wasn't the best display from us. Yeah. It was a it was a result. It was a result yeah. and that's yeah. <laughs> that's what all we can describe it as yeah. really. But uh, I think maybe maybe the easy thing to do would have been to go to Newcastle and go, well, right, well we don't have to be defensive now. Yeah. We can just we can just throw everything we've got at these. These yeah. are in, in much good form. We didn't we didn't do that. I think maybe in the first 20, 25 minutes we struggled to find the balance somewhat. Yeah. Like we, we were obviously trying to be a bit more expansive going forwards, but it was leaving us far too open at the back. Yeah. But I think we, we ended up settling into what what was a balance and I think mm. it might it might not be exciting again against Swansea, like a one nil or a two nil, but Exactly, we'll take, that, we'll take <laughs> yeah. that all day long. I was there, uh, Rafa, afterwards, by the way. Some of the quotes were a little bit grumpy by the sound of it. He was, he <laughs> was I, w- I wouldn't say he was like as fuming as Klopp, but yeah. like, he, he was, he had a little sly dig at the uh, the time wasting yeah. that was that was going on. Like, obviously, uh, Tom Davis had a bit of time wasting in the far corner. There was an incident where uh, the ball goes off for a throw, and yeah. uh, somebody on the Newcastle bench went to throw it to John John Joe Kenny, yeah. and uh, like he he went like that to see like if <laughs> if, if William for shouting at him or something, yeah. so the ball went past. A Newcastle player tried to throw it at him, yeah. and uh, it hit him on the knee, and he tried to yeah. he tried to catch it, and it just went went away. And Newcastle fans were fuming, and it's just got being professional, isn't it? Well, because Newcastle would yeah. never contemplate tactics yeah. like that, would they? Oh, uh, the, the crowd up there, I can imagine. Um, but Blues were loving that. I was doing yeah. the social media reaction on on Wednesday night from that, and they were saying, wasn't that refreshing? The fact that. There was almost like this embracing of, of the dark arts, dare I say, <laughs> with, with, with Everton. It just being street rise, really. Yeah. Seeing a seeing a game out, having that um, ability to yeah. manage a game and to get to get a result, uh, something that they've been lacking. And Blues were happy to lap that up. I know it seems a bit old fashioned, doesn't it? But you know, the basics do work sometimes. Like bringing Phil Jagielka on, you know, for the last <laughs> six or seven minutes of a derby, much just to shore things up. Yeah. You know, people get lost a bit sometimes in, you know, modern tactics and, you know, sort of trying to be a little bit too clever. Sometimes, just keep it simple. I think, I think maybe Everton have been suffering from that a lot over the past few seasons. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I, whenever I, I talk to my dad with, with the footy, he just says, we're too nice. Really? We, yeah. we, we are yeah. far too nice. And yeah. you, you really can't say that after after the Liverpool game, after, especially after the Newcastle game, we're not... We're not, we're not this nice club anymore. We will do anything to get a win. I mean, Jamie Carragher made that point, didn't he, about uh, derby matches where he said he couldn't believe um, Everton players in the tunnel. Uh, this is previous derbies, but, you know, shaking hands and wanting to, you know, just exchange pleasantries before they go out. And he says, you know, whereas him and Steven Gerrard are growling and, you know, so basically desperate to get out there and kick people. Yeah. And that's how derbies used to be. And it shouldn't really just be derbies. It should be every game, you know, because... Points are so difficult to come by in Premier League nowadays. I mean, Swansea on Monday is going to be a, a tough one. They've got a positive result, you know, a bit of, little bit of confidence, you know, in there. Wilfred Boney's back there, and 
scored a goal or two. So yeah, you know, it's not going to be straightforward as people would hope. Yeah, I don't remember many particularly good matches between Everton and Swansea <laughs> in, in recent seasons either. They always seem to be quite tight affairs. Yeah, the FA Cup tie was all right, wasn't it? A few oh, years back. Oh, when, um, the only moments, the back heel. What a goal that was. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we saw him again then for the next yeah. three or four months, did we? Uh, I think, didn't you make a cameo appearance last in the last match of the last season? Match of the home, season. Yeah, yeah. So. <sighs> Not one of the best. Triori apart, yeah, they've yeah. not they've not been classics. I'm not sure whether even Ashley Williams scored for Swansea that day. It seems to ring a bell. I remember yeah. him getting one, mm-hmm. but um, don't know how that pan out at the other end um, on, on Monday night. Obviously, there's both himself and Gilfie Sigurdsson, the two yeah. um, main men for Swansea in previous seasons. Who haven't pinched from them over the past two summers? Well, Gilfie Sigurdsson definitely scored against us last season. That's didn't right. He? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to mention Gilfie Sigurdsson because I mean I've I've been. A fan, you know, prior to him arriving at Everton, and even during his difficult first few weeks, you know, it was clear there was a player in there. I mean, obviously, he struggled not having a full pre-season because of the time it took to negotiate the deal from Swansea. But he is looking more and more like you know the player. You know, his, his work rate's been impeccable all the way through. But we're seeing flashes of quality now as well, aren't mm. we? Apart from when he slipped on the edge of the box on Wednesday night. I think more impressively as well, it's coming from like the left wing, which is him out yeah. of position really yeah. as. as as we usually look at it, I think his partnership with Rooney is yeah. working wonders for us. You see them, like they they always seem to be on the same wavelength now. They're making one twos, and Sigurdsson, I think I said in my analysis, he always looks like he's got a key pass in him. Yeah, and that's that's the kind of quality that we've been missing for the majority of the season. I think yeah. like he's not, maybe he's not been fit enough to show to show that for us yet. But now he's getting into those dangerous areas. Yeah. He's looking more dangerous in front of goal, and he's. He's obviously looking to set people up as well, which is yeah. massively useful. But what, what's interesting as well is that you know we always signed so many buddy number tens and so many number tens available, and there was that big debate: can Sigurdsson and Rooney play in the same team together? They are both playing in the same team together very successfully, and neither are playing number ten. You know, Rooney's playing deep, Sigurdsson's playing off the left, and yet it's successful, isn't it? It's working. Maybe that was the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Two number tens, neither of them, and yeah. a, a number tens. Yeah. I suppose. Intelligent footballers, great footballers, should be able to work a system out together that, that proves effective. But it's like anything; it just it it takes time, and, and yeah. it, you're not just going to get instant results. I mean, there was so much, such a big overhaul of players over the summer at Everton. I mean, Cumin, to be fair, did a great job at Southampton, where he more or less had to build a team from scratch. Where yeah. the first summer he he was there, but he couldn't do it this time round, and ultimately he's paid the price. But do you say if Cumin had actually remained in, would the results have, have, have picked up with him still there? I, I don't know. He's proven to be the, the fall guy like a, a lot of managers, but maybe they just needed that time to bed in. Yeah, possibly. It's going to be an, you know, a really important period coming up now. I mean, obviously, Swansea on the Monday night is an opportunity to pick up three points, but then I think we'll see, you know, possibly how far the club is, the, you know, the team has developed. When you know, obviously Chelsea, you know, saw it on the lunchtime on Saturday. We don't want to look too far ahead to that, but you know, it, it's it, it's that intense run of fixtures coming now, and the squad is going to be tested to the full. And there's an opportunity to you know climb the table. Maybe do you think they can look further than you know, sort of tenth, ninth at the moment? Is there a possibility to? I mean, be a bit more ambitious than that. Look, if we if we can keep this defensive form going, then that gives us an incredible incredible yeah. base to work off and. And sign Aubameyang in January. Oh, well, yeah, obviously, you know. <laughs> sign Lewandowski while we're at it. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think if we've got a good defensive base, then why, co- why couldn't we be looking yeah. at seventh again? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, our, our main yeah. competition that, that I'd see for that position would be Leicester. Yeah. Mm. So we're talking about this. Um, obviously, the likes of Burnley have got the points on the board, haven't yeah. they? I mean, it's going to be uh, a tough ask in that respect. But if you look at the Premier League, it really is that top six clubs and then the rest. Mm. And Everton should at least be best of the rest. So under a fair wind, under Big Sam, why, why not try and uh, go f- for seven for, uh, again? I mean, it would be difficult because of the start yeah. that they've had. But they, they, they should be stronger than anyone else in that group. It's amazing how quickly things can change because I know uh, you made the point yourself on Wednesday, Adam, about um, Watford were flavour of the month you know, only you know, a month ago and Marco Silva was the most sought-after manager in the Premier League. Everton tried and failed. And yet, you know, Sam Allardyce is now, you know, breathing down his neck and, you know, looking like Everton could overhaul Watford quite easily. And oh, yeah, so finished there. Level on points with them now. Yeah. They've conceded as many goals as us. Yeah. Um, I think maybe it's proven that Marco Silva probably wasn't the right... Mm. Right for us right now anyway. Yeah. I think right now Allardyce has proven proven every every day. He's winning people over, isn't he, all the time. You look yeah. at some of the comments on social media and you know, while there was like a grudging acceptance from some Everton fans, it seems to be more and more warmth to him now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a strange that it's taken him so long to actually get to what he readily admits is you know the biggest club job of his career. And it's good to hear him you know describe Everton like that because they are you know mm-hmm. certainly far bigger than Newcastle. Or some people in this office might disagree. Uh, you know, <laughs> certainly bigger than you know, sort of West Ham and the likes of Sunderland. So mm-hmm. now it's good to see him getting the opportunity, and he's having a good go, isn't he? He's, uh, yeah, um, it, it's. Interesting, really, about what would have Sam done in football if Everton hadn't have come calling at this stage of his career. Um, still, I was in Dubai. Yeah, you know, taking um, the sunshine off. But he probably couldn't turn down that opportunity because it is it is the biggest um, club opportunity. And after yeah. what happened with him with England, just the one game there, he'll feel he's got something left to, to, to give yeah. to the game. So um, I'm sure he's absolutely relishing it. Looks like he's enjoying himself as well, doesn't he, Adam? You were with him at lunchtime. He looks quite relaxed and quite uh, quite happy, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, he was. He was. Made up after that Newcastle game. Yeah. Like, coming, he was coming into the media room laughing his head off. Yeah, like he was, he was ser- seriously seems to be enjoying himself. Yeah, and I think on a side note, I think it's been quite quite pleasant to see how well Sammy Lee's been accepted. Yeah, very much so. Like, I think obviously there was there was a lot of a uh, think of the right word word for negativity. This, like, yeah, yeah. Ne- negativity on social yeah. media when yeah. he, when it was first announced that he'd be joining Sam Allardyce at Everton, but he's been. I think he's been fantastic. I think yeah. what, what Everton fans can see from him on the touchline is just every time a, de- a slight decision goes against us, he's in the fourth officials yeah. here. Every time a wrong pass gets made, he's balling at someone. Yeah. And whenever a goal goes in, he's jumping up and down yeah. and celebrating just as much as Duncan Ferguson is. He's one of them, Sammy Lee. If he's in that position, he's winding you up. You see yeah. him as an absolute narc, but as soon as he's on your side, you're loving it. The fact that he's screaming for, for every yeah. decision. And then there's that whole... Dimension that you know he's obviously he's been a, he's a lifelong red and former Liverpool player, but the fact that he's he's come to, come to Everton, I'm sure um, the Blues are enjoying that too. Yeah, I mean I forget which player it was, but you know somebody said he's the player he's the coach that you least want to bump into on a Monday morning because he's just in your face bouncing up and down the whole time. <laughs> it was Bally in his column. That's yeah. right, yeah. But but you know he's, th- that's the kind of attitude you want. It's infectious, isn't it? You mm-hmm. know where you see enthusiasm on the training pitch. And as Sam Allardyce himself said to you, didn't he, that important he is to him personally? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's saying uh, he's such a he's such a good buffer yeah. for him, so that like he he soaks up so much responsibility himself that he lets he lets everyone else yeah. get on with to, with their jobs at the best of their abilities. And obviously, he's 
extremely good at his job is with himself. Well, yeah, you want to, you forget about the, the jobs he's had. You know, he's been part of the England coaching setup, you know, for for a long time. Yeah. And he is, you know, clearly a very very highly qualified coach. But I think what's important is that personality, you know, that he brings to the training pitch. And it goes back to what we mentioned before about. Uh, being snide, you know, being a bit nasty, yeah. um, you know, being in the fourth officials ear all the time, you know, so having a go at, you know, assistant referees and what have you. All right, it's not, you know, strictly speaking, it's not the done thing, but, you know, everyone does it and, you know, those that do it best tend to get the best results. As, I think as maybe everyone really showed. I think everyone were maybe missing that on the pitch as well yeah. until the likes of Wayne Rooney has come now. Like, Wayne, every time the decision goes wrong on the pitch, yeah. Wayne's always straight over to the referee. And I think Everton fans. Quite, quite like seeing stuff like that. Yeah. We, we just don't want this mild acceptance of any anything that happens on the pitch. Well, it's come full circle, isn't it? It was the whole, obviously, going back to the whole Clattenburg Derby debacle. But it was <laughs> the fact that Gerard was in his ear. Yeah. That it does have an influence. Um, people say, oh, it won't, they're professionals, but they're, they're humans at the end of the day. Of course, yeah. Those sort of big characters are in your ear all the time. It would just, just give you those marginal calls. And if it's not even that one, maybe the next time, maybe yeah. the next call, they'll think about it. I was quite surprised actually by the tunnel cam that Liverpool released after the Derby match, you know, with the players coming into uh, the tunnel. I think James Milner had a bit of a moan <laughs> yeah. at the fourth official, you know, how soft was that? And I was expecting more. I was expecting, you know, there to be a bit more anger, a bit more edge. But yeah, you know. I, I quite enjoyed watching it. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps it was that. edited. I've been, yeah. I've been enjoying the whole thing. Maybe they're aware the cameras are on them now, so they can't <laughs> behave. They can't throw milk at each other like they do in Manchester. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was rather restrained. I remember Sammy Lee was there, wasn't he? And that sequence, he was yeah. shaking hands with the various um, Liverpool people who, who went past. But yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe they did knew or it was either edited or they knew the cameras were on. Well, on. well we always like wrap these things up generally with uh, our predictions as to how we expect the game to go on Monday. And we've got absolutely nothing to beat because Gavin Scotty are always hopeless and to be fair at being as well. <laughs> so, you know, we've got an opportunity to finally get one right this time. Um, so go on Adam, we'll start with you. You know, I wanna see A, what you think will happen on Monday night in terms of the flow of the game and everything, what mm-hmm. kind of spectacle we might see, mm-hmm. and B a result. Well, I think Honestly, I think that we'll we'll see a bit more a bit more attacking influence from Everton. Like, yeah. When we were going forward against Newcastle, when it was going right, we were playing some quite nice football. Yeah. So I think maybe Allardyce will work on that over the next few days and uh, keep keep our possession a bit better. And I think we will come out with a three nil win. Three nil, my yeah. word, that's ambition. Okay, <laughs> I can't be quite as positive as that, but I will be positive. I see it um, going to form in the way these Everton Swansea matches are being quite a, t- a tight affair, not mostly easy on the eye, but I see Everton yeah. triumphing one 0 Really, I'm going to stick with the uh, the positivity theme. I'm going to stick with the clean sheet, and uh, I think we'll get a couple. I think uh, it's going to be tight, like you say. It's going to be um, not one that Monday Night Football pundits are going to absolutely relish and be beaming about afterwards, but it's. Um, it's going to be a clean sheet. Everton are going to win 2 0, but they'll have to wait until the second half to get the goals. And I'll even throw one more in. Dominic Calvert Lewin's going to get on the score sheet. Right, we'll be back with you next week um, after the game on Monday uh, just to bring our reaction to it and uh, looking ahead then, of course, to what's going to be like the very, very busy Christmas fixture list. Until then, cheerio. That's enough,